Hello, friends, and welcome to an exciting episode of Locked On Jets. On tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about three objectives that I have for the Jets coming up in the 2022 to 2023 season. Uh, what should the Jets be shooting for? Should they make the playoffs? Yada, yada, yada. We'll talk about each of these questions in great detail on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. Thank you for joining us on a wonderful Friday. Uh, obviously, this is heading into maybe a big weekend for the Jets, maybe not. You know, obviously, Winnipeg has a lot going on with the team right now. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of it is kind of pointing towards the Jets being out of the postseason. So uh, I'm feeling like it's time to start talking about next year because unless a miraculous turnaround happens and uh, one of the Jets teams, uh, opponents that they're tracing for like one of the final, final wild card spots really falls out of contention. Uh, Winnipeg is most likely looking from the outside in on yet another playoff run. So, yeah, a bit tough on the players. I think the guys are demoralized. Um, you know, Josh Morrissey and some of the other players, they said that, like I said on a previous episode, um, there was unfortunately dead silence in the locker room after they lost to Detroit, which I think in a way speaks volumes about where the mindset is of this team and how they're feeling. So yeah, the vibes aren't great. Now on tonight's episode, I kind of wanted to talk about three major questions and, or I should say not questions, but objectives uh, for the Jets next year. We've talked about questions in the past, you know, uh, you know, what, what do they want to do? And uh, you know, what is their philosophical bent going forward? All that kind of fun stuff. But before we talk about three objectives I have for next year and maybe even beyond next year, I just wanted to say thank you for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. If you are wondering who I am, I am Harrison Lee. You can find me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I'm a huge Jets fan. Um, I do podcasting and blogging, as you can tell. Uh, and, you know, just like you, I'm feeling the effects of the season. It's not been a great run of form for Winnipeg. And so the first objective that I think the Jets should really have, uh, one that could probably be resolved as early as this coming summer, is to decide what to do with Mark Shifley. I know that that sounds um, a little bit on the simplistic side, but this is a decision that could really shape the future of the Jets because Shifley has been such a pivotal player for this team. Um you know, for me, Mark is one of our most talented offensive forwards. He's very clearly one of our lead centers. And so for the Jets to make a decision on his future really does have a lot of trickle-down ramifications for the rest of the team. If the Jets were to trade Shifley, uh, you know, you have two decision trees. The first is that you go for a rebuild, which if the Jets are really intending to do that, uh, more than likely Shifley would be swapped for a lot of futures maybe a couple of roster players who are in their extremely young 20s, guys who maybe don't quite yet have a, a household rep, but certainly have some potential plus prospects and picks, which 
that door I'm, I'm a little bit less fond of. I have to be honest. I think the Jets still have uh, an ability to play at a very high level, even with this current roster. And so in that respect, I'm not really overly eager to explore that sort of trade. Um, you know, door number two is the Jets swap Shifley for another player of similar value of some sort. Uh, I don't know who actually would really um, align to this kind of thing because the Jets, I think, would be sending the best player in the entire trade uh, back the other way. So whoever Winnipeg would get in return would probably be filling out multiple positions. He'd probably be looking at, like, I don't know, like a third-line center, maybe a second-pairing defender, uh, and an assortment of other roster players or, or prospects and things, which for the Jets may not really be the best solution. And, uh, yeah, you know, thinking about a Shifley trade, I, th- I feel like the only scenario where it really does happen um, is if a team offers up something very unusual or like a really good price. Now, if the Jets are very much set on him leaving, maybe they take a discount. But I can't imagine that uh, Winnipeg is overly eager to try and replace his offensive impact because for all of his defensive flaws and issues that are in his game nowadays, there's no uh, question that he's still elite offensively. Um, and I think one of the things for me that, you know, kind of pushes me at times towards a do not trade option here uh, is whether or not Shifley would come back to some of his older form under a new coaching staff. I think that there are some things in his game that are not necessarily the fault of this particular staff, but maybe he just needs like a revitalization, uh, motivation, incentive, some kind of a change of internal scenery that makes him feel like this team is back to being really competitive. Maybe that is the impetus to get him towards a state of play where he's looking more like his old self. Um, I, I think it's obvious that he is still a brilliant player at times. I mean, we've seen him score goals easily. He sets up a ton of offensive chances. And when he's with guys like Ehlers, he starts to dance. I mean, there's still an incredibly impactful forward in him. Now, the defensive issues... That will probably need to be addressed. I I think he does have to uh, maybe change his approach on things like tracking back, how he marks inside the zone, uh, you know, that that kind of stuff. And I think it's something that he could actually work on and probably deal with within a a relatively reasonable span of time. I mean, it's not like he never did this this stuff before. So I I can't imagine that it would be a a crazy shift for him to go back to being a little bit more of a two-way provider. So I don't know which option is the best because uh, if you trade Shifley and you're looking at a rebuild, then guys like Hellebuck are probably out the door as well. If you want to trade Shifley and you're looking for a retool, I just don't know how you would get a package that's appealing enough to fill the gaps that you'll have and still not see an overall dip in offensive quality. It's already really hard for the Jets to score goals this year. So if you then take away one of your best offensive talents and you don't really have somebody to step into that role, what exactly have you upgraded or or changed out and you know is it enough to really fix the jets probably not so the more i think about it the more i kind of wonder if not trading him ends up being the best option but uh, that's still very much up for debate and i think the jets are kind of in that mindset as well we'll know uh, over the next few months what their uh, mind frame is maybe they really want to keep him maybe they don't i can't speak for the jets i can only say as an observer uh, and from the rumors that we've seen it's still a 50-50 chance. So we'll see. We'll keep you updated on updated on the situation. And hopefully the Jets accomplish this very first objective, which quite honestly should be a pretty low bar to clear. 
sometime sooner rather than later, because the later that they let this sit, the worse it could potentially get. Now, I do have two other objectives that I want to cover on tonight's episode. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out one of our awesome sponsors at Built Bar. Now, if you are like me and you've had plenty of Built Bars over your lifetime, you know, these things tend to be dry. They're nasty. They're desiccated husks of candy bar flavored looking things. But we all know that they do not taste like candy bars. And most certainly, the texture is usually very off-putting. So Built Bar is stepping in with a very cool product, one that I've personally had. I very much enjoy it. Uh, their protein bars are not like other protein bars. They really are more like candy bars with a 100% real chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. Some of their awesome flavors include stuff like mint brownie, almond, coconut almond. I've had like a raspberry dark chocolate flavor that I would very much swear by. I think you would probably enjoy it. But they've also got different flavors with stuff like marshmallow, like actual marshmallow embedded inside, um, even some crunch bars. Whatever you're really into, Built Bar has a really cool flavor just for you. Even if you want something like apple pie, I mean, they've got that too. And as good as they taste, they're even better for you. With most bars clocking in at around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So they really do pack a punch. They're delicious. And I really feel like you, you can't go wrong with Built Bar. So if you want to join me in checking them out, go to Built.com and be sure to use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Build.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are uh, continuing our discussion of objectives that I have for the Jets coming up in this new season. Obviously, this year is still not over yet, but, you know, the season probably is, for all intents and purposes, over for Winnipeg's playoff hopes, which it does suck, I'll be honest. It is very disappointing, but... I think that there is a way to look forward optimistically if the Jets accomplish these objectives uh, and give us a clearer direction on what they want to do. Uh, but before we go any further, I just wanted to say thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day, every day. And while you are listening to this, also be sure to check out Locked On Now. It's one of our very special programs where all of our local experts get together. Uh, we record very short segments, bite-sized uh, descriptions of games, the hottest trade updates, the latest news, whatever is happening around the NHL, we give you the pulse of that action in very short form on Locked On Now. You can follow and subscribe to Locked On Now on your favorite podcasting platforms of choice. They're available where we are, same as, you know, Odyssey, Megaphone, YouTube, yada, yada, yada. It's free. You really should do it. You can't miss uh, all of the greatest action. It gives you all the information you need in bite-sized format when you want it, where you want it, how you want it. Check them out and subscribe to Locked On Now right now. As for the Jets and their objectives this year, uh, I think it's been a, a tough season, of course. Um, and going forward, I think that the second season is going to have um, some very key decision points. Uh, and I think for the, the second objective, um, one of the things that I want them to do is really evaluate their defense. This has been a, a sticking point for many years. Um, unfortunately, the defense hasn't really improved all that much. Theoretically, it should have with the additions of guys like Dylan and Schmidt, but unfortunately, the reality hasn't been uh, quite as awesome. Now, I will say in a very small sample size, you pair Heinle and Schmidt together, that pairing has done relatively well uh, against the others. But, you know, for the most part, Schmidt's on-ice results have been pretty rough. Brendan Dylan, I don't think, is a fit for how the Jets uh, long-term probably want to play. 
He is like a bigger, stronger defender, but unfortunately he does get turnstiled a lot. It's very similar to the Logan Stanley issue where the defensive IQ and awareness at times for him, I don't always feel is quite at the level that I was hoping. Maybe it's a systems thing. Um, I think the Jets have a really odd system where there's like a lot of man-to-man that doesn't really work because for one thing, the Jets aren't even fast enough to run it. You have to be super quick. You have to read and react or, or actually not read and react. I'd say you have to read and predict your opponents really aggressively. You have to be very aware. Uh, and the style of defense is extremely taxing, and I don't think the Jets are good at it. And uh, honestly, I don't know how many teams would actually be good at it. So if you swap to like a more zone system without trying to use man-to-man marking as uh, a hybridized style of your defense, it'd probably make life a little bit simpler on the Jets. Oftentimes when they're switching between man and zone, it's just a mess. Guys kind of freeze up and maybe uh, they they stop tracking, uh, stop tracking and marking their guys, or they lose uh, the, the zonal area that they were supposed to be uh, occupying. And suddenly, you know, the skater next to them isn't really aware that there's a huge gap and the opponent gets an inside step and boom, it's a goal against because there was confusion on assignments and where space has been occupied. So for the Jets, I think that that is one of their biggest things. Um, and kind of on a related note with the defense, you know, I, I want them to decide on how to make them more aggressive. I think the D have been too frequently asked to stay back, especially in the offensive zone, which for this team, it takes away something that I think would actually help the forwards a lot. Winnipeg scoring this year, of course, is very down, and it's not surprising. Uh, I think the blue liners should be a more pivotal part of the offensive buildup uh, and the cycle game, especially once they have zone possession, because I feel like right now, you know, the Jets used to be very comfortable having their guys cut down low, attack the slot, um, create perimeter cycle games. Josh Morrissey and Neil Pionk still do it, but a lot of the other defenders don't necessarily follow suit. Schmidt's probably one of the few other guys who will do it pretty routinely, but even then the results have been a little bit mixed for everyone. So yeah, you know, I think if you work on the defense, you maybe change the personnel a bit. You start looking at some of your prospects internally, like, you know, Billy Heinola, who's still waiting for his longer term NHL shot. Maybe the Jets can get themselves back on track. But um, as it is, the defense is still kind of a mess. The organization has been very poor. Uh, and it just feels like this has been an issue that's never really been addressed. And I feel like, you know, the first step is probably changing out the defensive coaching staff. I think that that remains an issue. And then once you work on that, maybe you can start to take a look at the roster and actual lineup and see if the new coaching staff is able to get that grouping to where it should be, or if they really do need to make a larger overhaul and maybe try and trade for like a really big name defender or, you know, worst comes to worst, you try to draft one from the top 10 or something. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. I would prefer the Jets not to have to wait a really long time for a massive improvement to the team. But, you know, some things are going to be out of Winnipeg's hand, and that's kind of the hole that they have dug themselves. So let's just hope for the best and see if the Jets' defense can get back on track next year. I hope it can, especially with the new coaching staff. But it is hard to change your old habits, especially if they're deeply embedded. And with the Jets, that does tend to be the case a lot of the times. Now, I do have one very large overarching thing, uh, an objective that I think is really important for Winnipeg to establish, and we'll talk about why it it, it might really be um, one of the biggest needs on the team that hasn't really been addressed in just a little bit. 
But before we go any further, I did want to shout out the wonderful folks at BetOnline.net. Now, I'm not really big into sports gambling myself, but I've actually used BetOnline.net, and I found it to be super convenient convenient and very helpful. Uh, I believe I placed a bet on an Eintracht-Frankfurt match, which, if you know me, you know that I love the Bundesliga. Um, and actually having those wagering odds and information for a game was pretty cool. Uh, it's not often the thing that you'll see stateside or in North America, so to have an online betting service that already uh, takes a look at sports outside of the usual big North American sports, I think is awesome. That's why, you know, it's part of the reason why betonline.net really is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Master Championships odds, podcasts, and reviews for all of the different sporting leagues, European football included, racing, F1, you name it, they've probably got it. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores, so you'll always stay up to date on the latest action happening around the sports you're betting on. To get started, go to BetOnline.net on your desktop or mobile device and learn about all of the latest trends in action you can get in on. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these uh, closing thoughts on tonight's Locked on Winnipeg Jets I set out on this uh, episode to establish three objectives that I had for the Jets. Uh, the first one was to make a decision on Mark Shifley, a very easy one, uh, a bit of a softball choice, but one that has massive, massive ramifications for the franchise as a whole. The second thing we wanted to cover was how to rebuild the defense. Um, can the Jets get it back to where it should be? A really strong, really fast group with aggressive attacking defenders and guys who can also cleanly uh, exit the defensive zone with possession. My third big objective, I would say, uh, really comes down to the leadership of the team. I think Winnipeg needs a firmer voice to really carry the squad because I'm looking at them right now and it just feels like everyone has kind of fallen apart. And there's not really a firm leadership voice that is speaking up and, and really seizing the reins. We're seeing fragments of it filter into the media. You know, Josh Morrissey talking about the frustration, Ehlers expressing his own disappointment. But I think at times like these, you really need uh, a, a motivator to pull you through. Uh, you saw you saw Bruce Boudreaux go to the Vancouver Canucks and immediately guys started to believe in him. Uh, could he save that team? I, I don't think so. I think Vancouver has enough issues to where even Bruce, with all of his skills as a coach uh, and the fact that he can motivate guys, he couldn't turn the direction of that team around in a way that puts them in a playoff spot. But all that said, I still think uh, a guy like him is the kind of voice that the Jets really do need. Um, and it can be somebody within the locker room. It can be a coaching staff member. Somewhere, though, the Jets need some kind of support. And I think, you know, I think Wheeler has tried to carry that burden for a long time. Um, Wheeler did. Uh, supposedly, Bufflin was a major force in the locker room. I believe Shifley has tried to play a role, cop as well. So there have been guys as part of this committee of players who have stepped up, have accepted the leadership role in Mantle. But in times like these, it just seems like the Jets have run out of ideas. And when this happens, they need somebody who's there to pick them up and uh, get them back focused. I, I can't really ask them to be 100% at all times. When you're on a losing streak like this, or you feel like you've basically just lost your only chance at like a playoff spot, it's understandable that you're going to be down. But, you know, for the Jets, I think it's important for them to pick themselves back up because, you know, even in games we've seen them, uh, I don't know if it's like a mental thing, but certainly they've, they've struggled under pressure and they have collapsed even with leads. And so 
you know, they, they make a mistake. It ends up in the back of the net and suddenly everyone's hanging their heads down. They start to make more mistakes. It snowballs into a massive deficit and the Jets can't really drag themselves out of it. I feel like the mentality has actually been an issue this year, uh, maybe in previous years to a point, but this year it really does feel like it's settling in. And I think the Jets just need a refreshed leadership direction, something to give Winnipeg a lot of inspiration because in games like these where maybe they don't quite have the speed, maybe they lack some of the uh, the technical ability of their opponents like Colorado. You know, I can't say that Will is ever going to really triumph over skill in the most critical moments, but it can at least give you the energy to keep on fighting and pushing on those extra shifts, which I think the Jets just need to give to the fans. Uh, I think the fan base has been very disappointed with some of the efforts out there recently, and I can't blame them. I mean, you know, the game against uh, Detroit, it wasn't as bad as it, it could have been, but certainly it wasn't very good. And we've seen previous games where the Jets just didn't really show up. So, yeah, if the Jets can find a voice to really help elevate this organization, and not only that, but start to set like a tone and a direction for the team, I think that would do wonders to get the squad back on track and put the Jets towards a path of success. It wasn't that long ago that we were dreaming of a Stanley Cup for the Jets. And I feel like with the right changes, with some you know objectives that they can accomplish within a reasonable time, I think that there is hope for them to start putting back uh, an actual playoff run in the near future, but they're actually going to have to make some changes this off season. And it's got to start with, you know, some of the players and the coaching staff and management team figuring it out and working to make this team all the best that it can be. I'd be curious to know your thoughts though. Do you think that these changes and objectives would really help the jets? Do you have another idea you want to run by me? Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you're at it, though, I thought you should make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Funny enough, because we were just talking about BetOnline.net, and Fantasy Hockey, of course, certainly has some betting elements, but it can be a very confusing time, especially if you don't have experience. That's why hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So be sure to subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey right now. Thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.